Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry. I'm on my own this week. I've got a great interview for you coming up here in just a bit, recording this on vacation. It's after 10 o'clock, so I'm trying to be a little bit quieter than I normally would. Sipping on some Jim Beam Bonded at the moment. Still is one of my favorite bonded bourbons out there. It's funny, I brought... Uh, maybe I'll, I'll save it for what we've been drinking recently. Hey! If you're new to the show and you've not yet subscribed, please do so. Help us out immensely. And if you're returning, hope you're doing well. Thanks for being here. If you have not yet, please also leave us a five-star rating and review. really helps out the show. gets us in front of new listeners and maybe people who have listened to the show before and you're just trying to bring them back for another round. You can also find our, uh, our YouTube content, youtube.com slash this my bourbon podcast had a new video come out last Thursday on why rare breed is the best value in bourbon. It's going to be the first in a series of videos. I'm really excited for those to come out here in the future. And then if you are not yet a supporter of us on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month really helps the show out. All right. Get through what we've been drinking recently, and then we're going to hop into the main episode because it is a really fun conversation uh, that I got to have with Jason Bronner of Buzzard's Roost. But as I was kind of talking about earlier, it's funny because I didn't realize it until we got down here, but I packed three bonded bourbons and three barrel-proof bourbons slash whiskeys because I had a Jack Daniels single barrel barrel-proof in there as well. And uh, so you're either kind of towing the line of getting in trouble, or you're just diving full force into the shallow end with a blindfold on. So there's no in between (laughs) on this vacation, apparently. Uh, But that being said, I have uh, been enjoying the Jim Beam Bonded, T.W. Samuels, Bottled and Bond, and the Benchmark Bonded, courtesy of Brian and Tammy Brennicky. Such a great bottle, man. Such a good mixer, too. All three of those bondeds are great mixers. Uh, but on the barrel-proof side, of course, an Elijah Craig barrel-proof, a rare breed. I actually have a rare breed rye with me as well, if I was feeling a little squirrely. And then, as I said before, the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel-proof. So, living my best life, man. Oh, also I had Landshark recently, too. Oh, Landshark. It's nothing really that important. But it's enough to to make a memory that I forgot I had, or bring back memories that I forgot I had. All right, that's enough rambling from me. I hope you guys enjoy this interview. I'll be back with you at the end of the show to provide tips and bits, wrap things up. Enjoy. I am incredibly excited to be welcoming our next guest. He is the founder of Buzzard's Roost Whiskey. He is also a native Kentuckian as well, correct? Yeah, I wanted to make sure I didn't get that yeah, wrong. You've, that you've, is true. That you've is done true. so much in Kentucky that I didn't want to, uh, you know, just assume that you were also uh, a native here as well. But it's Jason Braun. Brauner. Brauner, sorry. Yeah. Oh, right out of the gate. I screwed something up. Believe me, I've been called worse. <laughs> you know, if I had just looked at your Zoom window and saw, uh, seen that your, your name was a little <laughs> bit longer, extra syllable in there, I would have been fine. You know, there's another one. Um, I guess I did some some show with another guy the other day, uh-huh. bitching about something, and and some of the comments were brawn on it. So maybe it was the the name's too long; it gets cut off, abbreviated for something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm 
I'm fine with it. We're in the ballpark anyway. Fair enough. Yeah. So I, I'm first of all very excited to have you uh, here on the show. Um, we've been kind of floating around doing this with you for a little while, and it finally got set up and set in stone. And I, I wanted to kind of give you the opportunity first and foremost to talk about who you are, why Buzzards Roost exists, how it kind of came to be. I want you to talk about uh, the the whiskey itself as well, because you, you guys are you, you're pretty heavy in the rye right now, of course. Right. Uh, right. But there is a bourbon that's on the way, so uh, I'm going to turn it turn it over to you for uh, for some of that. Yeah, well, I mean, Perry, thanks for having me. Um, Absolutely. You know, anything we can do to get out there and preach about it. Um, well, I'm, I'm pretty simple. I'm born and raised here in Kentucky. Uh, I lived my whole life here uh, in Louisville. Um, got in a bar and restaurant business pretty early on. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been in the restaurant business and, you know, started cooking 14, 15, whatever, latchkey kid, kind of go home, lock yourself in, make something to eat. So I figured, <laughs> I figured if I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat well. So um, anyhow, started my own restaurant when I was 21, started a little pizza place. Um, did that for about 10, 11 years. Decided to do another not so much fine dining, but an upper scale restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, sitting around drinking some whiskey with a buddy of mine. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we were, he was going to go in business with me. We were going to see what we were going to call the next restaurant. And, uh, he said, let's call it bourbons. And by God, it, uh, it just felt right. <clears throat> and that's what we did. Uh, we called it bourbons, started doing a bunch of research. I mean, I'd already done, some drinking research and I had some relatives that worked at, um, uh, my brain's all scrambled. That's all right. I I, I actually grew up just down the street from, um, national distillery. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, my great aunt and uncle, a couple of my actually great aunts and uncles worked at national, uh, and retired from there. So I've got some pretty cool little trinkets, uh, from National Distillery that they had passed on to me. That's so cool. But, you know, we were never directly in the business. It, it just seemed like it, it, I always grew up around bourbon. So I knew a lot, a little bit about it anyway. Um, so it was just very intriguing to me just for my family's sake and, and just because we had been around it so much to to do a deep dive into it and I was going to do a bourbon steakhouse and I was like, ah, you know, I didn't want to be boxed into that corner. So, and then seeing, you know, how much the French have kind of influenced uh, Kentucky and influenced oh, yeah. uh, kind of bourbon with bourbon street. And, you know, so I wanted to make it as kind of a Southern restaurant. So we decided to call it or, or, or the French influence, which is a bistro. So, um, you know, I think we're, here in Kentucky, we're the north of the south, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I really try to encompass all of that from 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 Kentucky down to New Orleans, you know, and not as much, you know, New Orleans has a lot of island flavor in their food, uh, you know, just from their uh, different, uh, you know, culture, you know. Yeah, so, absolutely. I love New Orleans food, but we're kind of a little north of that, so uh, – it's just like I said, we're kind of the north of the south and kind of a little bit of a southern flair to our food. Yeah. And then, you know, I wanted a great bar as backdrop. And, and after doing all this research about bourbon, I mean, what a great, great, uh, what a great backdrop to have, you know. Yeah, no kidding. When, 
at the time when we opened, you know, I started thinking about this in the year probably 2000, uh, 1999, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you know, when you look at it and 95 percent of the world's bourbon comes from 70 to 100 miles from from where I'm standing now. Uh, that's just amazing to me. Yeah. And uh, at that time, none of the distilleries really had tours. I think we went on a, a tour at. We went on a hard hat tour at Buffalo Trace. We went to Makers, and I think I asked him, how many employees do you have? Makers said like 50 at the time. So Golly. that amazed me. You know, took a trip to Napa with my wife and kind of got pissed off. They they were really snooty <laughs> to me about bourbon and, yeah. and really surprised that we had any teeth or she wasn't barefoot and pregnant. And, you know, it just I was just out to educate the world about bourbon once I started learning about it. Of course, and, yeah. Um, and that's kind of where Bourbon's Bistro started. Uh, so then, obviously, we did bourbon dinners. We did bourbon flights. Um, just really got into whiskey. Met all the players and did a bunch of single barrels. So I've probably been over 100 single barrel picks. So kind of developed a palate over the years and, and always wanted my own brand, you know, forever. Oh, of course. Of course, we all do. And you know, I felt like I, I I was getting a following with some of my picks and, and, and there were different picks and, you know, from different distilleries, which were great. Um, but then it just kind of happened. We had a couple of people that were interested and we started talking. So it's a separate group from uh, Bourbon's Bistro there. But um, there's four of us that started uh, Buzzard's Roost. We were going to uh, first we were shopping for a distillery. And I, I tell this to everybody, it, it, it didn't take me long to figure out that uh, they're not going to, nobody's going to give me 30 million bucks. So, um, no. <laughs> but so, and a lot of the investors said, you know, you don't have any track record, We're not, you know, you need to really start a brand, which we didn't want to do because I'm pretty picky about my whiskey. So sure, uh, we did decide to start a brand and um, I'm working very closely with Independent Stave, which is a big part of what we do. Mm-hmm. And decided to hit the market with uh, some rise, some young rise. Uh, we source from MGP. We're totally transparent about that. And always will be. Good for you. All. Uh, you know, our our stuff, our magic comes really in our secondary aging, our barreling. And we call ourselves, you know, kind of scratching the surface of trying to be uh, more maturation people than than you know, because we're starting with good. We're starting with good whiskey. You know, it's it's not like we're taking bad whiskey and, and making it good. I right. think we're you know we're taking uh, good whiskey and making it great. I think. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm I'm not a rye fan, so I guess we can talk more about that here in a bit. But uh, I, I think that's kind of it in a nutshell. I've always been kind of culinary. I've always had these uh, just flavor, you know, palates, you know, tasting different foods and. Uh, got into whiskey and, and really just enjoyed what I was doing and, and just decided to take it to the next level, basically. I, I, I definitely want to touch on the, the the north of the south notion, too, because I'm in I'm in Lexington. So I'm also, you know, Kentucky born and raised. Um, and it, it does kind of have that that flair of like the the so, there's some of that like meeting of, you know, the 
I don't want to say upper class or like higher end stuff that you might find in, in the North and like Chicago and Boston and New York or, uh, you know, places like that. But then you've also got these very homey touches to, to everything. It just feels very comfortable and familiar that comes from, uh, comes from the South. And I think that, you know, the, the Kentucky is not only the perfect place for bourbon and rye to just be made. It's also the perfect place for bourbon and rye to have a hospitality industry. Right. And yeah, I agree, you know, because we are able to show people the, the kindness uh, that we all were raised on in the South. You know, it, it's, it's really been a great way for us to showcase how amazing bourbon is. Right. And how important it is to us, not just as uh, Americans, but specifically as Kentuckians as well. Um, so in, in, in that kind of notion, um, what was your, your goal uh, as you were starting to, to tell people about Buzzard's Roost for your trying? What was your, your sales pitch almost? Because, you know, there's a thousand and one new brands that pop up all the time. Uh, but when you were trying to showcase it, where were you coming from? Well, again, you know, starting with the restaurant industry and, you know, uh, I was out to educate the world about bourbon. So now, I mean, I'm just out to educate the world about my whiskey and why it's different. Yeah. So, you know, me somewhat talking or, or teaching people about it, it comes naturally to me because, mm -hmm. it, you know, at, at first it was kind of uphill battle a little bit, but, but now of course everybody's doing it. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, if I can sit down with somebody and taste this whiskey with them and go through it with them and, and let them kind of feel their way through it and then talk about it, you know, cause I, I really don't like to, you know, you can lead people off of a, off of a cliff if you want to. Sure. You know, I can tell you it tastes like bubble gum and you might find a little hint of bubble gum in there somewhere. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, but I, um, so I don't like to really talk till after we, we, we get to, we get to uh, sipping it and, um, but then we start to talk about what we're, what we're tasting, what we're drinking. Right. And, and to me, our process, you know, that we were going to talk about um, makes all the difference in the world. So we, we buy the same whiskey and the different expressions are through the barrels that we use. Right. Uh, the barrels that we secondary age in, which I said are made by uh, independent stave company. Mm -hmm. I've worked with their wood research department very closely. We worked you know, I've learned more about wood over the last three years than probably anybody needs to know. Um, <laughs> but we've developed four buzzards roost. We have, I think it's right around 10 proprietary barrels mm -hmm. uh, that we use and nobody else can use them. So they're, they're our recipe. They're what we developed. They're, they're developed through my taste profile, what I wanted to see out of these barrels. And it's really kind of it turns these ryes into what I call a bourbon drinker's rye. So we've developed these barrels that really pull out certain notes that I love in bourbon and that I want to see in whiskey in general. Right. Uh, like I said, we, we've got sipping whiskeys in the name, uh, Buzzard Roost sipping whiskeys. I never really uh, enjoyed sitting around sipping on a rye. And I figured if we can do this with a rye to where I enjoy sipping on it, you know, what can we do with this whiskey world that we're 
we're hopefully getting ready to get into big time. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I know that the the kind of easy answer for this question is because it doesn't take as long to age. It's quicker to get to the market. Uh, but yeah, why why rye? Was it because just, you know, you were you kind of convincing yourself, do you think, su- subliminally into wanting to like rye so that, you know, if you like, oh, I like this, so other people are going to like it too, right? So, well, like, yeah, that's kind of carried over from my barrel picks to where <laughs> I found a lot of people like my barrel picks. And then, you know, some people will talk about, because I hear a lot of different stores are like, man, I thought their barrel t- pick was terrible. And I'm like, yeah, you got to know what you're picking. Um, <laughs> So if I could make if I could make something that I enjoyed from rye and, and, and we're still kind of this is all experimental, you know, sure. You know, the, the barrel should taste like this after it's done. You know, uh, we've run into a lot of obstacles, but in general, I think we're making some headway in this kind of it's it's not really reverse engineering, but it, it, it's we're starting with a barrel and kind of working backwards, you know, um, I mean, even though, you know, we're looking more deep into the barrel other than just a, 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 a toast and a number four or three char. You know, we, we use a real heavy toast and we use a number one char exclusively. Wow. You know, so that's that's huge in what we do and how we do it. And uh, like I said, I still think with this kind of research that we're scratching the surface on on nobody's ever really paid that much attention to the wood, nor did they maybe have the capabilities. Uh, I mean, we can chemically extract, we, uh, you know, through all these different spider graphs and bar charts and pie graphs, we know what compounds are coming out of the wood at, at certain temperatures at certain times. And independent stave has done that research for me. So they know, you know, I can basically, uh, you know, make my own barrel, you know, somewhat yeah. what it's going to taste like. Absolutely. Uh, it's pretty We're, cool, you know, when you look at all the data and all the research. But this was, you know, this was done by, this has been going on for years for those guys. They're one of the, you know, premier barrel makers in the world. And uh, they have put in a lot into this research and development department. And I, I, even though I'm a traditional guy, as far as I, how I like whiskey and how I like it made, I think that this is an innovative way. It's just like, we're not, we're not cheating. We're not putting it in some kind of, I mean, a rum barrel or a port barrel or whatever. Yeah. Some kind of flavored barrel. Yeah. This is, a, this is a brand new 53 gallon, brand new oak barrel. And we just <laughs> chart different. We just, we just treat it different. It's like, it's like a mad scientist. We kind of just treat that barrel different to, to mold it, to bring out different flavors from the wood. Right. Yeah. So, so just for, for clarification, when you all receive the whiskey, it has already been aged some. That's correct. Okay. We've been working with a three year old MGP. Mm -hmm. Now we do have certain places and certain batches that we get from those guys that we like, you know, out of certain barrels, certain places in the warehouse. Right. Uh, We don't really divulge that, but you know, I mean, they sell whiskey to everybody. But well, uh, what, we'll, yeah. what we'll do is we'll send that to Kentucky Artisan Distillery. That's where we're doing all of our our, our headquarters. Kind of is gotcha. Uh, contract work out there. They will rebarrel uh, those barrels into what barrels we tell them. So we get all of our barrels, our empty barrels from uh, Lebanon, Missouri. You know, Independent Stave is in Lebanon, Missouri, Lebanon, mm-hmm. Kentucky. 
they can right. build a new plant somewhere else uh, as well. But so ours come from Missouri and uh, I'll tell Jade out there, I'll say, you know, I need these barrels to go in a number five barrel, these to go in a number four, three, so on. After they age for about six to 10 weeks, uh, you know, we'll taste them about every two weeks, depending on the weather. Uh, you know, once we start tasting them, it's like, man, okay, we can pull this one for a single barrel. We can, uh, I love this batch. We'll, we'll blend it with this batch and we'll come up with a small batch. And, uh, that's when it, you know, really gets fun is when you can take these flavors and, and this batch needs a little more spice or it needs a little right. more vanilla or it needs a little more smoke. Yeah. It needs a, a little more, um, finish, you know? Sure. What's the, the tasting process like before it gets rebarreled? Do you do any of that or are you just like, is it consistent enough to where you're just, you pretty much know what you're going to get after uh, that, that specific no, whiskey no, goes no. into the barrel? No, we, we taste everything. I mean, we taste everything. Um, that's great. And then it's like that, that's not, we will reject, you know, we'll reject the bad barrels. It's just what we do. Um, Cause you know, I, I'm like I said, pretty picky on the way I do things. It should be. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel if it's going to have my name on it and I've been in it this long that, you know, we're going to do it once and hopefully we're going to do it right. So, right. Right. I, I was going to ask you, uh, and I was kind of teetering on whether or not I was going to ask you the question of what do you do with the bad barrels? So I, I'm happy you kind of took the lead on that one and, and went ahead and clarified it for us. But yeah, we, we get samples of them all and we'll, we'll reject them. Um, that's fair. Which they'll just sell to somebody else, or they'll make a blend, or whatever. It's it, sure. It, it, it's. I mean, we have a certain criteria that we take from from MGP. Which, you know, if we're paying money, we 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 need to get what we want from there as well. So absolutely, absolutely. Uh, um, how how much variation is there uh, from whiskey to whiskey in terms of mash bill? Is it all the same mash bill, or are you getting right. some different ones? Well, we're starting to branch out a little bit now, but what we what we did to see, to kind of give ourselves a gauge of, of if our barrels are working or not, we use 95.5. So it's really a, you know, a high rye, 95% rye, yeah. 5% barley. And then we'll put it in our barrels. And, and, and like I said, what you see, the different lines that come out, you know, we try to make something there for everybody with the small batch, the single barrel, barrel strength and toasted. Um, I've had people like them all for different reasons. It's, it's sure. kind of weird. That's, I, it, it's really interesting to me to hear as, you know, you're, you're kind of starting out and you don't really know, you know, exactly what mash bill and you just kind of land on one that, you know, is just the, the magic number. But I mean, 95.5 is almost a guaranteed hitter no matter what, you know, and well, I, I've, I've not had a bad one yet, to be quite honest. <laughs> for me not not being a rye fan 95.5 is should be out of my ballpark you know? i know, not I know. anywhere in my wheelhouse but what i tell people and i've told plenty uh folks with this is i, I think i've taken three non-selling points for me which is it's a high rye it's young whiskey and it's pretty high proof yeah uh, and i've turned those into selling points to mm -hmm. where Yes, it is a 95.5, but it doesn't taste like that. Uh, it is 105 proof. It doesn't taste like that. And it is three years old, and it doesn't taste, it doesn't like, taste that. like that either. No. So, 
if if I think that I've those things are true, then I've accomplished what I've set out to do. Yeah, and I, I just got done tasting through some of the uh, the the small batch, the very small batch, uh, as you all call it, correct? Yeah, very small batch. Uh, again, it is age stated says at least thirty six months or three years, hundred five proof. It really is quite robust for for being a I you know we say on the younger side. It, it's that, that phrase doesn't really mean much of anything anymore when we're talking about rise because young rise still tastes like old bourbons. So, you know, yeah, we can say all day long that it's a younger rye. Uh, it doesn't really have much weight anymore in, uh, in this market. Um, but it's, it's incredibly well balanced. It's got a great depth of flavor to it as well. Um, I was, I, I truth be told had not had buzzards roost before, today and having had it i'm i'm really interested to to see where this is going in the future as well it even doesn't really read like and and you know i'd use the terminology because that's kind of the only thing that i might have but saying something like you know it's a double barreled whiskey essentially um which i mean in some senses it is in other senses it's not uh but it it doesn't even really have that quality to it. I mean, it just feels like an, a straight up one barrel whiskey that, that is, go ahead. Sorry. You know, I, no, I'm no, you're, you're, you're hitting right on the head because to me, I've tasted some, some double barrels. Of course, before we did this project, we had to do extensive research <laughs> and, <laughs> and tasted some double barrels. And if you, to me, they taste like there's this, there's the, there's the original juice and then there's a layer of this on yes, top. Yes, absolutely. They, they almost taste the double barrels. All the double barrels that I tasted, they tasted layered. Like there's this, and then there's this. Yeah. And I absolutely did not want that. There, I absolutely do not want it to taste like this. And then we just added some smoke or whatever to it. Like I just didn't want that. Right. And, um, and I think we've achieved it for the most part by how we do our blending. That 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 you can achieve to where it's one whiskey. It's, it's not this whiskey with some flavoring on it or, or you know? Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I and, it on the head, but yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want to point fingers or, you know, call anybody out, but I feel like a brand like Woodford with their double oaked is highly, highly guilty of that where it just, you know, it, it doesn't always feel like a cohesive whiskey. I'm not saying it's bad, but it definitely has that that quality that you're talking about. It's almost like the everlasting gobstopper where there's like the center of it, but there's that outer shell and like things just kind of keep evolving with it. And nothing ever really feels like you've reached the end or you've reached the conclusion of it. Um, but that I, I think that the very small batch or just the small batch, however we want to describe it, is so well put together. I mean, it just feels like a very cohesive whiskey in and of itself. So I think you guys have done a, a great job of that. Yeah. Thank you. thank you. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, you know, and you're not going to hurt my feelings by what people, you know, said they <laughs> absolutely don't like some of it. And do like some of it. So <laughs> moving forward, you know, as you're tasting, you can hurt my feelings all you want because, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, 
Jason, I want you to come back on the podcast eventually too, so we can talk about the bourbon once it gets released. So yeah, for sure. For <laughs> I don't sure. Wanna, I'm not about hurting feelings, man. I'll be honest, oh, but I don't want to hurt. Feelings. I get it, but I but I don't want you to blow my skirt up either. You know? Oh no, no, no! And I, I promise we, you, I don't we, do that. That's we're, we're that's all, not what I'm about. We're out here trying to make an honest living, and 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 do you know trying to make an honest whiskey. Mm-hmm. And and if I'm not doing my job, you know, I, I, we definitely want to hear some feedback from it. Uh, the good and the bad. Whoa. Um, but no, I, I think you're, you hit right on the head. I didn't want this layered system. I wanted it to, and I absolutely made sure that we did not do that. Uh, I wanted it to be cohesive. I wanted it to be one, you know, and I'm looking for that front to back, that whole mouth feel, that finish, the whole thing. So you're not, hopefully you're not going to find any of mine that'll just finish on the front or go to the middle or finish on the back. I'm looking for that whole front to back, Good mouthfeel, nice finish, and uh, it's asking a lot. But I think we—that's what I want. I think we, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to try not to put anything out that doesn't do that. Yeah, absolutely. So and a lot I, of people I, are probably listening, saying, "Good luck." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if if you, it's not like you're coming at this from an angle of I of not having any experience, right? You've had, you've had plenty of experience picking barrels. You've done your homework. There's all of this to, to back it up to where hopefully people can listen to what you're saying and go, Oh yeah, that makes sense that he is that meticulous when he's trying to craft his, his whiskey. Um, and, and I just took a sip and this is, this took a hard left turn for me in terms of what I was tasting, but I just took a sip of the single barrel that I have. I got two single barrels from you all. Um, but the first one that I, I, drank on has a I was not expecting this from a rye but a toasted marshmallow note towards the the back end which I love it's one of my favorite notes on whiskey truth be told but it, it, it really surprised me because you normally get those really bright notes with with rye and I can definitely see where you're 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 coming from that angle of trying to make it into the bourbon drinker's rye because it feels like it. It really does feel like it. And, and you know, you have those days, if you're a bourbon drinker and a rye drinker, where you're like, I'd rather have rye today, but, uh, you know, maybe I'll have a little bit of bourbon with it as well. This kind of meets the best of both worlds for me. So, yeah, well, you know, we're trying to, uh, you know, we're trying to drag the rye drinkers over to the bourbon side, at least I am. <laughs> um, but, you know, rye's been a big thing, especially on the East Coast for a long time. It's great for cocktails. You know, it'll stand up to whatever you want to put on top of it. I think that's with 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 the 105, the proof being up there and it being a 95.5, you can still make a great cocktail out of this. Absolutely. But once again, I would put it up to, you know, up against anything to just sit around and sip either neat. A little drop of water or a cube of ice, you know. Of course, that's yeah. my preferred way of drinking it. I'm not a huge cocktail guy. Um, I went with the to pick some barrels. I guess we'll never. I'm not going to say where. I'm not going to say who. But he was <laughs> a, kind of a celebrity. Um, uh, this celebrity's sommelier or, or cocktail guy out in Vegas. He came to uh, one of the distilleries. Asked me if I wanted to go pick some barrels with him. I said, yeah, great. We picked through six or eight or however many barrels. And we all, we, you know, we don't talk at all during this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, he's writing all these notes and I'm making notes in my head. And he, 
and he picks out, okay, he wants one, three, and five. Well, I had picked two, four, and six. Okay. <laughs> and at the end of the day, and I really didn't always realize about my palate and his palate and, and whatever the difference is in what we're looking for, but he's a cocktail guy. All of those notes True. in my head True. were these, the barrels that he picked were spicy. They were, uh, I didn't really enjoy sipping on them. The ones I picked, I enjoyed just sipping it neat. So he's, he's got his job and I have my job, you know, and, yeah. that, and that's where he, and, and he's got a great palate. Uh, and, sure. and, and that's where I, I finally kind of realized that's why, you know, we're so different is I like mine to sip on and he likes his for cocktails and it worked out perfect, you know? So, yeah. I, and, and truth be told, I mean, I'm not a huge cocktail guy either. I mean, I would much rather go and grab a, grab a neat pour of bourbon. Sure. Uh, but uh, while, while we're kind of on the topic of the, the bourbon as well, um, you, you guys are about to release your first bourbon here soon, correct? Uh, we are. Um, so, we, you know, we talked. Are we about allowed to it. talk about it? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we are. Okay. Uh, we talked about the rebarreling and and all of that. Um, it and, and we're kind of gonna we're gonna decipher this once we we do actually uh, bottle it, but it should have reacted a little sooner with the barrels. And I don't know whether the weather's been mild or what, but we've tasted them and it's been in there you know, it's been in there way over 10 weeks and that's usually kind of our cutoff. Um, but it's bourbon. It's not going to hurt it, but it's not reacting like we wanted it to. Uh, so we're just holding on to it. You know, it was supposed to be out in the spring for Derby. So if that uh, tells you anything, um, it's still sitting and we're tasting it, man. It's just, it's, it's, it's a little slower uh, to react, which all of our, um, experiments said it should have been it should have reacted a lot faster mm -hmm. so it's not ready so we're not putting it out i mean that's just kind of bottom line and, and we we had uh banked on putting that out I mean, it's not out so we're not ready uh, but once we do uh, so once we do bottle that we're going to take those barrels and examine them to make sure that we actually got the right barrel the right toast and put it through the uh, chemical analysis and all that uh, just because we, at some point we, they think we, we may have gotten something screwed up down at, at the, uh, during COVID, you know, maybe down at the, um, at ISC. So sure. Sure. we'll see about that. Um, but you know, we tasted it and we know what our barrels taste like and it, it almost just not even scratched the surface that we, it didn't taste like it'd been in our barrels at all. Wow. Really. And we know what those flavors are supposed to be being in, number five or number four, or number three barrel. It's supposed right. to taste like this. It's supposed to have these influences on it, uh, which it didn't. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we are, we, we, we since bought some more bourbon and we put some more, uh, we've laid some more down. So hopefully this may react like we're wanting it to, but uh, we're, we've got a close eye on that other one. Hopefully it'll, it'll come around by the fall. I'm I'm looking for and and you know of course I don't mind waiting but I'm looking forward to when that uh, that actually happens when it actually gets released especially based on how much I've enjoyed the uh, the the rye this far I want to talk about too this peated rye that you all just put out and and before we hit record we were talking about how 
Uh, you were never really a scotch drinker. I've just recently kind of started getting into peated scotches as well. But what an interesting choice for a product when you don't necessarily like some of the notes that are so heavily associated with it, you know? Well, once again, if you know me at all, the people know I, I don't like rice and I don't like scotches. <laughs> but, you know, being in the whiskey business, I do drink them on occasion and just, you know, I mean, I'm not I have nothing against it. I'll, I'll sit around and drink one if everybody else is and uh, we'll compare notes and do whatever. Um, but what an interesting concept. We, we've taken our, our number one char, our toasted barrel, like we normally do. Our, our bourbon barrel for the rye, basically. Uh, we've uh, before we before we put the rye in it, you know, it's got those bourbon tones in it. And the last step is we we took some uh, Scottish peat and we toasted the barrel or smoked the barrel with the peat. So, and when you do taste this, and I know you said you're going to taste it at a later date, and that's fine because of a, it may off off your palate a little bit. Um, but it's just, it's so subtle. And it came out to me, uh, not being a scotch drinker, it came out perfect. Uh, I just was sitting with a, a writer just now before I came up here and she loves scotches and said, you know, it's just very so ever so slightly. And she's got a great palate. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I said, that's exactly how I wanted it. And I have, a, I had a scotch guy at a tasting, give me a bunch of crap about it. He's like, you got to double that. You got to make it stronger. I was like, that's not what I was shooting for. That's not so, what you wanted. Yeah, exactly. But it's very interesting. It's got a rye. It's got these bourbon notes and it's got this scotchy note. So it's 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 kind of a three in one gig and it's really interesting. I've heard a lot of people say it's really interesting. Um, but, you know, we're, we're getting some great feedback about it. We're getting, yeah. Especially if you're a scotch fan. And so I'm trying to drag the scotch guys into into the bourbon category, too. So. <laughs> Will will you have a, a peated barrel bourbon eventually as well? Uh, that I don't know. I don't know if we're going to venture out too much with the bourbon. We we haven't seen. You know, there's we don't want all these labels. A lot of them are limited time releases. Um, sure. We're going to see at the end of the day how this peated comes back. I think we'll do it again. Uh, but you know, our, our four mainstays are going to be the small batch, the single barrel, the barrel strength and uh, the toasted barrel. Those are going to be on the shelves at all the time. Uh, we, had, we, we brought our toasted out and it sold out quickly. And uh, we were going to do a, like it once or, you know, once in the fall every year. And then when it runs out, it runs out. But um, it, won a it won a double gold in San Francisco this year. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. So we're going to keep that. Uh, we're going to keep that one rolling. That's a big People were big fans of it. Uh, so 2020, our single barrel won a gold medal out there. And then for 20, uh, wait, yeah, 2021, our barrel strength won a gold medal. And then the uh, toasted won a double gold. So we're three for three that we've sent out there. Uh, you know, that uh, uh, the, the San Francisco is no joke. Those guys do a great job out there. And uh, we're proud to proud to be a part of it. And uh, we're, we're really it just couldn't be more excited about, about our awards from out there. Yeah. You guys are, it just sounds like everything is very much just on the way for you all to be in, incredibly successful here over the next couple of years. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen you all's product in, in stores, of course, in liquor barn. Um, I mean, it's 
definitely it's definitely shown up and and i hope that that people are buying into it uh sooner rather than later for you all especially knowing that you guys have done uh so well out in and out in san francisco so with, with we are with, doing some single barrels for those guys so they're doing store picks uh, i know total wine's done a couple barrels mm-hmm. uh, barn uh, Westport wine and whiskey's done done one. So uh, we are there is kind of a, a single barrel program that we're working on. Of course, it's very limited. Um, we are also we just opened in the state of Massachusetts, and we're hoping to be in seven states by the end of the year. Gotcha. That's great, man. So so beyond that, what's next? What do you want to do? Uh, you know, beyond expansion, beyond doing the the, the bourbon. What do you, where well, are you, you know, headed? Yeah, bourbon's a big thing. That I really, I'm not going to put it, put that out until it's exactly where I want it to be. Absolutely. Uh, there's some new make on the horizons that we're going to contract work. So we're going to try to uh, see what our barrels will do on some new make, which we haven't done yet. Yeah. We've done some experiments on some new make, but. Sure. Sure. Not, not not our version of the new make. So uh, <laughs> there's some new make on the horizon, which is obviously going to be bourbon. Uh, let's see. We're going to do, we're working with, um, it's not all come to fruition yet, but we're thinking about either partnering with a cigar company uh, and, or doing some Kentucky tobacco to where instead of peat, we're going to sub tobacco. And oh, whether, man whether it be a cigar company or whether it be Kentucky, we're probably going to end up doing both. Uh, I know it's a Kentucky Sherwood I used to smoke years ago um, that, that I don't know anything about, but we're going to look into that. So there's certain, uh, we're going to do the peat smoked uh, for Kentucky is going to kind of turn into a a tobacco smoked. And hopefully it's just going to have that extra little hint of of cigar or tobacco smoke uh on the barrel which that's what we're looking for the sweetness uh from the bourbon the 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 spiciness from the rye and a little bit of smokiness from the tobacco so uh we'll see we're excited about that one for sure i'm excited to hear about that too i love smoking a good cigar every now and then and hearing that there's something that's going to be you know direct supposed to be directly paired with the cigar all about it I think that sounds fantastic. Yeah, well, we're, we're really excited about that one too. <laughs> so, Jason, before we uh, before we get out of here, I got to ask you one more question: um, Has Jim Rutledge picked anything there yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, um, I I haven't talked to Jim in a while. He's 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 busy man, and yes. Good friend of mine. I hope, hope if he's listening to this, uh, I'm telling him said hey, and uh, we'll catch up soon. But uh, what a great guy! I mean, what a, just a stand-up guy in the industry. He's, Absolutely. Uh, you know, been a mentor to me uh, as much as he can. With, you know, but but also a good friend. You know, sure. um, and he supports me. He came to our opening when we came out and uh, last. It was July of 19 when we had our our uh, release party, and, and Jim right. was there with a bunch of other people from the whiskey community. And it's just, you know, they're all supportive of me. I think, um, <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's always, it, it's like a big family, you know, you were talking yes. about the South and, and whatever. Uh, 
but this whiskey community, you know, bourbon and whiskey is just just unbelievable. I mean, it's incredible. To me, to me, I consider them as is brothers or sisters and, and and close family. We're just all uh, uh, good friends, and, and uh, can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, hopefully, we can get the word out more for you as well because I'm so excited to see what you guys are going to do next, and and so hopefully, see the, the successful future for you all as well yeah well I, I really appreciate it and thanks for having me on and uh you're gonna have to send me a text after like after you get done with your other thing tonight drink the peated and send me shoot me a text or something oh, i want to see what you think about it i'm totally down for that i'm totally yeah, I'm sorry down we for couldn't that. send you any of the toasted uh because it was oh, that's okay and actually the uh the barrel strength when when all this was being set up the barrel strength was out <laughs> so um uh, we we kind of got caught off guard, you know. It, it, it's oh, it's totally well. fine. It's and, totally uh, fine. We're we're catching up, and we, we hopefully check your shelves. It'll be out there, and and, and we'll catch up again soon. I'm I'm sure as well. But Jason, thank you all so much. If you guys are in Louisville uh, or around Louisville, definitely go. And uh, well, I guess you know you don't really have a place to go. To do not you? yet. We're that, yeah. We're, we're working on that as well. There we go. That's on we the horizon. Working on. Uh, a little we're looking downtown louisville looking to put a little tasting room so great uh be looking out for that um if not i mean you can get it at bourbon's bistro so there you go uh, and i'm still kicking around here a little bit we can uh do a impromptu tasting or something perfect i might just have to mosey on up to to louisville soon to hit up uh, bourbons so yeah. sounds great man we'll see what we can do jason thank you again so much it's been a lot of fun getting to talk with you uh, yeah. and i'm sure we'll talk soon all right. Thanks, Perry. Hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. I really, really had a great time getting to record with Jason. I want to say thank you so much to the folks over at Buzzard's Roost and everybody from the PR firm that helped set this up as well. You guys are great. You guys are awesome. Looking forward to doing more with you in the near future. Tips and bits for this week. Man, I just saw for the first time, and I know I'm like a year and a half behind on it, but I gotta, I gotta throw it out there because I loved it so much, and it got me super friggin' excited for the second one. Uh, Knives Out, man, it was so good. Um, if you don't have faith in somebody like Ryan Johnson after his foray into the Star Wars universe with the Last Jedi, uh, look no further. This is an incredible tale that I had so much fun with. It is goofy. It's full of heart. It is extremely well paced. And it has some good action with it as well. Nothing over the top. Uh, but it's just a really good whodunit murder mystery story. And I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so that's my tips and bits for this week. I know it's a little bit of a shorter one, a little bit of a shorter episode. But that's what happens when you have a good interview and when you're on vacation. So hope you all have a great week. I am looking forward to being back next week. Uh, I got another interview that you're going to be checking out. Then if you have not followed me on social media, I'm at PRitter1492. If you have not followed the show yet, it's at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcatcher app you use, and we will read it out here on the show if you would like for us to. If not, just leave us a little note. We won't do it. So that's how that goes. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com, including our skateboards. Still only one of those sold. So uh, We are going to be having a new store launching and a website very, very soon. So be on the lookout for that. I'm working, a, working on, uh, on making that a reality. So I'm very excited 
for you guys to see that. Some things in the works. You can send all of your questions or comments to thismybourbonshop at gmail.com. I'll respond to them there. You can also send us private messages, of course, on all social media channels. Uh, I'm usually pretty responsive. If I'm not, I apologize. Uh, things are busy in a fairly new dad life. So that's just kind of how it goes. If you have not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash thisismybourbonpodcast. Uh, I have new videos that go up there about every other week, every three weeks. Uh, twice a month, typically, is what I'm trying to do at the moment. Uh, the most recent one, of course, was why Rare Breed is the best value in bourbon. If you've watched that, thank you so much. Go share it with your friends. Uh, it was a, a really fun time to make and a really fun time uh, to record and edit. And it's just good. It's just good stuff. Uh, last but not least, patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show. Keeps things rolling. Keeps the lights on. And uh, I guess we better give a little shout out to our newest Patreon member. Uh, had a couple recently. Uh, but we will uh, we will work our way through them. Uh, as of recording, we've got two, but I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off on the second one, build up a little bit of suspense, if that's okay. Uh, John Wadsworth, thank you, John, so much for becoming a patron of the show. Uh, man, it really helps out a lot. John's been a buddy of the show for a long time as well and just finally made the leap into supporting the show on Patreon. And again, you can do the same thing at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast that does it for this week excited for you guys to check out next week's episode as well oh i'm still going live this week by the way going live on thursday night on youtube get a special guest i think i think she's gonna be on i'm pretty sure we'll see anyway we'll see you all next week but until then i'm perry and this is my bourbon podcast Mm